have to say to you today. I feel honored to stand before you today in this family month. Of course, we've had a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening, but I think it's uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I believe God wants to do a mighty work amongst us today. Somebody say amen. Turn your neighbor and tell them God wants to get between us today. I'm praying God would loose you today to not worry about what anybody else thinks or what anybody else does. I pray God would get in all the gaps here today and separate. I know families are about bringing us together, but there's something about drawing alone away from all that stuff unto God. And I'm praying that God would do a work in us today in a mighty way. Speak to us, Lord. And uh, I've wrestled and and, um, I tried to put this on like an ill-fitting garment. I felt like I was wrestling with a gunny sack. But uh, I'm going to say what the Lord would have me to say today. I guess I would title this, Bring Them Out of This Place. Bring Them Out out of this place. Would you say that with me today? Bring them out of this place. We find our text in Genesis chapter 19, verse 12. Genesis 19, verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? I pray that when the Lord It's about to return and those angels, those reapers are moving into this earth. I pray that I'm not beside myself. I pray I'm not all alone. I pray when the great question of heaven, do you have anybody here beside you? I pray that there's somebody that I can take with me. I don't believe it would be a feather in my cap to say, yeah, well, I ran everybody off that didn't really mean business and I kicked everybody out that was insincere, you know. I I hope that when the question from heaven is, do you have anybody else that's going to go with us, I pray that there's a bunch of folks ready to go. Do you have any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Whatever you have in the city. Now that's an important statement because you and I know that this is Sodom and Gomorrah and this is Lot and his family. And these are two angelic messengers that are here to tell Lot this city is about to be destroyed. So what the angels are saying, don't go back up to your boat. Don't go hook up your camper. That's not the stuff in this city I'm talking about. Do you have anything that's left in this city? If you do, bring them out of this place. And the things he was talking about was not possessions. It was souls. In that hour, it's not going to matter what kind of house you lived in or even if you had a house. It's not going to matter what kind of car you drove or what your possessions are. In that day, it's time to get out of this place. Bring everything that you've got with you. Take it with you. And obviously, that has to do with souls. Souls are important. Verse 13, For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Going down to verse 15, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot 
saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Verse 17. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape. For thy life, look not behind thee, nor neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. Escape for your life, don't look behind you, nor stay in the plain. I feel very deeply about what I'm going to preach to you today. I'm praying the conviction of the Holy Ghost would move through this congregation. I pray... I pray today that God would bust through apathy because I'm preaching to apathetic saints. I'm preaching to comfortable saints. I'm here to remind you that the Lord is coming soon. Amen. And none of this stuff we're worried about is going to matter anyway. Somebody say amen. Well, let's lift our hands and pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. Lord, I thank you for your word today, for your presence that's in this place. I pray God. You would touch every heart, touch every life. God, awaken every father, every mother, every child, every young adult, every single adult here today. God, every single parent, every grandparent. God, I pray you would speak to us. Let us to hear your voice today. Let the Holy Ghost move here today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost move today, Lord, in every heart. Let the redeemed, O Lord, stir up the gift that's in them, Lord. Don't let any saint of God be satisfied with dead church, Lord. I pray there'd be a stirring in every heart, O God. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. We pray you'd have your way. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Bring them out of this place. I want to say, saints of God, that we're going somewhere. That our hope is not in this world, but we're bound for a better place. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen. I feel the beckoning of the Spirit today. I hear the cry going out, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. I believe that the Lord is getting ready to return. He said it. He told us about what to expect at the time of His return. He told His disciples. The angels told His disciples as Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. They said, as you have seen Him go, so shall He also come in like manner. It hasn't happened yet. But I believe He's coming back just like He left this world. I believe one of these days he's coming back with a shout. He's coming back in the clouds of glory. And his feet will again touch on this old earth. And it'll be a wonderful day. Jesus is coming back. I want to be ready. I want to take the opportunity today. Yes, through the week I have the opportunity of slumbering and, and maybe dozing off. But, but today... I want to trim my lamp. I want to be awakened today. I want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to make sure I'm listening for the cry that's going to go out. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. I don't want to be 
waiting for anything to happen. I don't want to be too tied down to go out and meet him when the cry goes forth. I hear the cry even today in my spirit. Behold, the bridegroom comes. He's coming back. It was a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't uh, privileged to be here uh, through every Sunday, but it was, uh, it was just Wednesday night and those services through our family month. I've been very uh, moved to uh, walk up to people I have. There's people in this church I've walked up to and, and said, it's, it's time to get ready. Don't get distracted. It's time. Stay ready. The Lord's coming. And I believe that with all of my heart. And those angels suggested to Lot's distracted heart that he needed to bring his family out of this place. Those angels said to Lot, it's time to get all that's precious to you out of this place. Judgment is waiting, but it's waiting on you to bring your family out of this place. Men, I want to tell you, we've got a solemn responsibility to make sure we live for God first and foremost. But recognize that our influence and our voice and our family is very important. And we turn our families toward another shore that we lift their eyes beyond this old temporal world. I want them to see more than cornfields and houses and boats and cars. I want their gaze to be lifted up to a place we've yet to see. And that place is that place Jesus prepared for those that love him. I'm looking forward to that gathering place. And it won't be long. We're get, Hey, I want to tell somebody it won't be long. Your pain will be over. It won't be long. You'll, be, you'll cry your last tear. You'll pray your last prayer. It'll be over. I want to tell you, friend, that's going to be the day I preach my last sermon. I open this altar for the last time. Jesus is coming back. You better make yourself ready. Tell some man it's time to quit playing around. It's time to say, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to do my best to serve him. Throw away all your excuses. Nothing's worth losing your soul over. Come on, what shall it profit a man if he gain the world and lose his soul? You want to talk about profit? Jesus said, if you make all the money the world has and you lose your soul, you're a pauper. Make sure your soul, I'm preaching to saints of God that are cold today. I've heard too many stories about you running the aisles and talking in tongues and going to conventions and going to this meeting and doing that. I I told somebody the other day, well, I wish they'd do that at home. I don't know what's wrong with this gymnasium. These floors are good for shouting. Somebody said, well, I can't pray up there. There's no altar. Well, I don't know about you, but I pray in my truck and feel God. I don't need to have all the trimmings. I can feel God. I love to worship God. I'm wondering when some of you saints are gonna get stirred up enough to realize this world should not have my attention. Oh, come on, somebody praise the Lord today. Come on, somebody praise the Lord today. These angels started talking to a distracted Lot. Lot was distracted. Everybody say distracted. I'm preaching to distracted saints. I want my kids to feel the urgency of another world. 
I don't want to be so distracted that when I say, hey, it's time to leave here, they laugh and say, we, you act like you're saying something you don't even believe. You're not living like you believe that. I don't want to live distracted. Judgment is coming on this world. Oh, I want to tell you something right now. You don't have to read much paper. You don't have to listen to much news to realize there's enough injustice in this world to go around. We got enough injustice on our plate to satisfy a life, lifetime. But I want to tell you, Jesus is coming back to set the record straight. Oh, yes, he is. I wish I could stop every abuse. I wish I could stop every drunken father from beating his kids, but I can't do that. But I want to tell you, there's somebody that's coming that's going to do that. And he said, I want to tell you something. If you abuse one of these, it would be better for you to drown in the ocean with a, 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 a concrete block around your neck than to stand before me in judgment. I want to tell you something. Jesus is going to set the record straight. I could spend my whole life barking and complaining at God because not everything's right. But I want to tell you what, I'm not going to be lost over anybody and I'm not going to be lost over a circumstance. No, everything's not right. But I want to tell you, Jesus is coming back and he's going to wipe away every tear and he's going to take away every injustice. Oh, come on, somebody praise the Lord right now. Come on, somebody love Jesus right now. And surely, if the angel said, Lot, you're distracted, bring your family out of this place. Surely, lest we've lost all sense of mankind, we want our family saved. Surely, if we have not lost all sense of God's love in our heart, we want our family saved. I didn't say we want our families happy. I said we want our family saved. I didn't say we want our families healthy. I said we want our families saved. I didn't say you want your kids rich. I said you want your kids saved. So, Lord, whatever you have to do, don't let me be lost. Do you have any here besides? Is there anybody here besides? Is there anybody here besides that's important to have you helped somebody? Surely you've testified to somebody. Those angels showed up in Lot's house assuming that this righteous man had spread something. Surely this is not all the believers here. Do you have any besides? Has your testimony had an effect at work? Has your testimony influenced anybody in the gate? You got kids, you got sons-in-laws, you got a business. Surely there's been some eternal value with all God's blessed you with. Surely you don't realize you just got that job so you could be comfortable. Do you have any besides? Oh no, man, I got a car. No, I'm not talking about your car. I'm not talking about your boat. I'm not talking about your pro I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about your gaming station. Do you have any besides in this city? It's obvious he's talking about souls. 
I want to make sure I take them out of this place. I don't know who they are, the one that's on the bottom of the rung in our community today. I don't know who everybody here looks down on, but I want to tell you nobody deserves to be lost without God. He loves all of us and he loves all of them and there isn't us and them for that matter. It's just we're all children of God. He died for the whole world. Or for this, I thank God. Come on, give God praise right now. Here's the facts. And I promised myself and God I wouldn't preach too long today. Well, you help me out, Sister Janet. I love you. I'm glad she's sitting right up here in the front. I got an amen or up here. I'm thank God. I'm a if if she some of you don't straighten up, I'm going to roll her right up here and set her right beside me while I'm preaching. I'm used to an amen once in a while. Amen. This world is scheduled for two baptisms. This world is scheduled for two baptisms. One of them's of water, and one of them is fire. The first baptism, water baptism, is already history. It's already happened. The second one is swiftly approaching. But I need to remind you saints of God that just as God is doing in the world, so he does in the heart of his people. If you want, you missed the first baptism of water, but we're quickly gathering to the next one. And if you want to miss the baptism by fire, then you better be sure that you've been baptized in water and you better be sure you've been baptized with the fire. One way or the other, friend, you're going to be baptized with that water or baptized with that fire. I want to, I, the Bible says you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And if you want to miss what's coming on this world, you better go to the water and have your sins taken away. That first baptism wipes sin out. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission. Oh, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to say it. Churches are backing up from it. Preachers are saying it's not necessary, but you've got to be buried in Jesus' name. You've got to be baptized in water. Oh, yes. I don't have time to give you the Bible study, but if there's coming a new heaven and a new earth, your new life doesn't come any different. It's the same for this world as it is for your heart. This world's going to be baptized with water, and it has. It's going to be baptized with fire, and then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But thank God it's already happened in my soul. I've been baptized in Jesus' name, and I've been filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. There's a new creature in these shoes today. There's a new world I'm living in. Come on, anybody glad you're saved today? Anybody glad you've been filled with the fire? I'm praying this church set on fire. I'm praying God set every one of us on fire. I, I would love for it to happen in this church that we would pray to such a place that tongues of fire would set upon each of them.
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd love for it to happen in here like it happened in Acts chapter 10. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. I'd like for that to happen in this place today. Why? Because we're getting ready to leave this world. We need that baptism today. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Yes. And just as water baptism destroys sin, so does the baptism of fire destroy all the works of this world. Everything that can be burned will be burned. The Lord said make sure your works are not wood, hay, and stubble because that stuff's combustible. (laughs) It burns quick. (laughs) But make sure you've got gold and silver and precious stones. You can light a fire on that stuff, but it doesn't burn up. It just gets better. (laughs) Make sure you're not putting your hope in things that are combustible. Because the fire is going to touch every one of us. Listen, folks, we need to be water baptized and spirit baptized. We not only need to be forgiven of our sins, we not only need our sins lost under the power of God, we not only need sin to lose its authority, we need for the works of this world to be burned up in us. That's what the Holy Ghost is sent to do to consume all of this world in us. And I just gotta be honest with you, I see this church getting a little distracted with this world. And I've come to this pulpit to remind you of the purpose of the fire. It is to burn out everything that's here. Come on, God needs to light some of you up again. Yeah, you've been baptized, but you need a fresh fire in your soul. You must never forget this is how important this is. You say, well, I don't know if I believe all that business. Well, don't believe me. Believe the Lord. Jesus said it. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. There's the water baptism. As it was in Noah's day, so shall it also be in the days of the the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Listen, and when Noah got in that ark, all that business stopped. When the flood came, all that business stopped. Their world came to a screeching halt. Well, tell you what, it's coming again. Because Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't just say there's coming a flood. He said, as it was in Noah's days, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 28, likewise, also it was in the days of Lot, they did eat. They drank, they bought, they sowed, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. I'm going to tell you what, friend, this church is getting ready to leave here. And I want to tell you something, there's going to come a day when you'll show up here and there won't be anybody here. And just like Noah went into the ark, and just like Sodom got led out of, just like Lot got led out of Sodom, when they vanished, when they left, when they were in safety, sudden destruction came upon this world. And it's coming. Here's my question. What are you going to bring out of this place? What are you taking with you? What are you taking with you? 
these baptisms that I've spoke of mirror what happens in the life of every believer. But let's look for just a moment at uh, get a perspective of the events of Genesis 19. The Bible tells us they are told in Genesis 19 when you read that entire chapter you get the sense of the story going from inside the house to outside the house back inside the house back outside the house. This is the context of Genesis 19. You can't fail to see it that the Lord wants you to know that there's safety inside the house and there's danger outside the house. I don't know if I need to pull this string to make this connection, but I'm glad I'm in the house. I, I'd rather be in here where, you know, uh, you know, yeah, we're in close quarters and yeah, we get on each other's nerves every once in a while, but I'd rather be in the house than outside in that street. I, I believe Noah, I don't know if his boys griped, but, but boy, when you're shoveling a, a year and 15 days worth of manure, that's a lot of mess. But I'd much rather have all that mess in the boat than be treading water outside the boat. I'm glad to be in the church. Oh, yeah. I told my family yesterday, I don't know, I guess I was raised different. My church, the church I was raised in wasn't perfect either, but I want to tell you something. There was a commitment that came into my life that said, you know what, good times are bad. People like me or don't like me. So, I, music, they change, they sing this song, doesn't matter. You know what, that's my church. <laughs> that's where I'm going to church. That's where I'm committing to. We've lost some of that. I, I want somebody to know you ought to thank God you're in the house. It's bad. It's bad in the streets. It's dangerous. In what, what I can't imagine is, you know, outside the house, in the streets, the, the sodomites are raging with their selfish desires and their lust. Only inside the house, their safety there's a voice from heaven that says, you're getting out of here. I'm in communion with a heavenly messenger inside. I know, I know they're out there telling me how fun it is and how great it is, but, but you don't realize how blind they are. You don't know how, realize how miserable you are. You are privileged to be in the house today. You have no idea the anxiety they're burdened with. So I, I know we ought to snatch every one of them out of hell that we can snatch. I believe we ought to save every soul we can save. But I'm preaching to church people today that's gone to the door and you're looking out and you're thinking, man, that looks fun out there. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tell you something. There's a joy and a privilege of being inside the house. Outside the house is dangerous and only those inside will be saved. And as we read this account, you'll notice, you'll notice the angels keep saying inside out, inside out, inside. You'll also notice that the door of the house keeps opening and shutting. 
the door of the house keeps opening and shutting. Today I've got an opportunity. I believe the door is open. The door is open, but I want to tell you what, the door will not always be open. They say, oh, wait a minute, the church is here. You know, one of the most dangerous things you can let grip get a hold of you. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? There's people that are saying, well, I don't believe the Lord's coming because all this stuff's happened, nothing's happened yet. I want to tell you what, the Lord could come for you before this service is over. There's people in this room say, well, when I see all that stuff happening, I'll get right. No, you don't realize. That's what he said to the rich man that was tearing down barns. He said what that man doesn't realize is how late it is in his life. Tonight, his soul will be required of him. It's foolish to say, well, when I, I'm going to keep an eye on the Middle East and when all that happens, I'm going to get to church. No, you're playing Russian roulette or whatever roulette it is. You're playing Aussie roulette. You're playing a dangerous game because you may not make it back here. The door's open now. The day is here now. Salvation's here now. The grace of God is here now. The mercy is here now. The spirit of God is calling now. Oh, come on, somebody love the Lord right now. Somebody reach out. I love you, Jesus. The door keeps opening and closing. And it does for you as well. It can close for you today. I said it can close for you today. The Lord said just after the fall of mankind and his judgment on the serpent and on the woman and on the man, he made a startling statement. He said, I want everybody to know not only about the victory of Christ's birth, not only the victory of crushing the serpent's head, but he said, I want all of you to know my spirit will not always strive with man. I'll not always work you over and keep you up at night. And I'll not always remind you of your mama's prayers. I won't do that. There'll come a day when I'm not going to fight with you anymore. Are there any besides? I believe there's people in this room that that mamas don't want to see them lost and daddies don't want to see them burn in a devil's hell. I want to tell you what, Sodom is coming down. Babylon is coming down. It's not popular. I'm going to preach it anyway. Lot sits in the gate of the city. Don't forget, perspective of Genesis 19 is that Lot has found a place at the gate of the city. That means he's influential now. You can't act like that. We've got influence here now. They finally accepted us. But later we see Lot treated as an alien, a stranger. You know what? The world knows who you are. Some of you folks are trying to be so compatible you're losing your identity. And we, well, I'm not going to say anything, you know. I, I, you know, they finally like me. So I'm, listen, it won't be long that you're going to be on the outside anyway. And you ought to thank God you will be on the outside because the judgment that's coming, you don't want any part of it. It's coming. And there's a couple of points I want to make today as I hasten. 
And I preach to you, get them out of this place. I want you to notice, first of all, the angels suddenly appear in Sodom. I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen exactly that way in this day and hour. The reapers are going to suddenly appear. Lot recognizes the kind of city in which he lives because all of a sudden there's angels that show up in Sodom and Lot says, oh, it's dangerous for you out here in the street. I wonder why it's dangerous for an angel but it's not dangerous for a righteous man. I wonder why he's comfortable in the street but he's not comfortable with those angels in the street. Uh-oh. I think you need to examine how compatible you're getting. And after the evening meal, the house of Lot is surrounded by the citizens of Sodom. The scripture's wording indicates to the last man of the community, the entire city gathered at the door of Lot's house. News of those strangers had spread through Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that crew outside the door said, bring them out. Send them outside the door. So shocking was their shamelessness that many years later, the prophet Ezekiel is still speaking about their shamelessness. We live in that hour right now. I want to tell you it's good to be in the house, but there's an attack right outside the door. No, I'm going to say it again. It's great to be in the house where there's safety. But I want to tell you right out on the porch, there's a war going on. No, I want to tell you the world wants to break the door down and say this house is not safe anymore. The world wants to creep into the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The world wants every last soul in this room. The enemy wants every last soul in this room. He wa- he's not willing that anybody survive. He wants to destroy every life here. And he stands at the door and says, send them out. But I'm preaching to families that ought to be concerned about bringing them out of this place. I gotta get my family out of this city. I gotta get my family not, I gotta get them, they're too distracted with this world. I've gotta get them out of this world. I've gotta remind them what's important. The Bible tells us they beat on the door. In fact, the the inference in the scripture is they, they nearly beat the door down. And Lot finally steps outside. Here's this going in and out, inside and out. Lot finally steps outside and pulls the door behind him. He's going to speak to the mob. He's going to reason with the mob. Yeah. Lot offers to bring his daughters to satisfy the request of that mob. How twisted can a father be? And he says, I'll bring my two daughters out. They've never known a man. You do with them, with them what you want. And he's ready to make some kind of sacrifice to silence the mob outside the door, to coexist, to somehow appease their desires. Oh, church, you need to understand what I'm saying today. God's calling us out of this world. We are, we are a separated people. We ought to not hang our heads about that. It's not something either we should be proud we shouldn't make us arrogant but it also should make us uh, thankful that we are safe in the arms of God 
The Bible says they press on the door. Lot's trying to reason with them. You don't want to, come on, can we come to some agreement? I, I see families in this turmoil. I see folks that's been in church all their lives. All of a sudden there's a newfound. Let's try to reason with the world and the angry, lustful mob on the outside of the house. Let's try to coexist. Is there any agreement we can come to? And finally the angels reach outside the door and grab Lot and jerk him back in the house. And immediately the Bible says they smite that mob with blindness. Is that what you want? Do you want your kids out there grappling around in the darkness of sin? Do you want your kids out there stumbling around in their iniquity? Oh no, no parent wants that. But I want to tell you something else. You can't be silent either. You can't shut your mouth and say, you know what, I'm just not going to say anything. You need to tell this world destruction is coming. You tell your family, we're not born to stay here. We're citizens of another world. We're leaving here. It won't be long. Jesus is coming back. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord today. I understand now. I understand now. Now, now I understand why my mother would pray right outside my bedroom, Lord. If my boy's not going to serve you, take him now. Oh, I understand. It was inbred in me that nothing's more important than being saved. Nothing's more important than making sure you're right with God. I don't care where you go or what you do. Just make sure you're right with God. I've never, never once of all the closing doors I've experienced with men and women on their deathbed, I've never ever bent my ear to hear their request and hear them say, I'm a sinner, I'm glad I am, and I could care less about anything. No, the dying words on every soul is, I want to make sure I'm right with God, preacher. Pray for me. I've yet to meet one that's careless, that's unconcerned. You know what I've thought? I've thought, where was that concern when you had two good legs, when you could walk to the altar? Where was that concern? You know, oh, baptize me, and we can't even baptize them now because they can't get out of bed. Where was that urgency when you could walk in the tank for yourself? Don't wait till it's too late. There's only so much somebody can do for you, but here you are in the house of God, hearing the preacher preach. How, how, yes, choir, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I want to tell you something, friend. The angels opened the door and jerked Lot back inside, and they slammed the door shut. All right. Now it's time for blindness. It blows my mind. Maybe it's because I don't travel in that world so I don't have to battle that confusion. 
But it blows my mind how many blind people are spouting their opinions in our world today. And how many good saints of God are saying, well, this is, did you see what they said? I don't, it doesn't matter, they're blind. How can, I, how can I take what somebody that doesn't have any idea where they are, where they're going, or where they've been? They're blind. The God of this world has blinded their eyes. And wait, am I supposed to take their opinion and run it all the way up the flagpole of my life? No. They're blind. I'm in the house. So we need to reach the point, we need to reach that point where we too shut the door on the world. Not not the salvation of souls, recognize what I'm saying. I'm not talking about care less who's saved or lost, no. But in our hearts and our minds, we shut the door on this world and the things of this world. Yeah. The Bible says they call blindness down on that mob. Yet even in their blindness, the Bible says they weary themselves trying to find the door. They wear themselves out. Even blind, they struggle for their selfish desires. I want this and I want that. And you mean to tell me you're going to change your entire family structure because of the voice of some blind man staggering around in the darkness? You mean to tell me I'm going to put my finger in the wind and, well, which way is the wind? What does is, what is the culture want? Okay, well, I guess I better let my kids do that. No, you need to realize this is a blind world we're dealing with. Well, they'll think I'm a a prude. They'll think I'm sticking to mud. What? Really? I want to be saved. Does it not sound like the day in which we live? The door shuts on those to be rescued while the mob outside is blindly going about their desires. Does it not sound familiar In fact, I think we're in that day. For now comes the announcement in Sodom. Now comes the, the nature of their visit when they slam the door and lots safely back inside and the mob outside is smitten with blindness. All of a sudden the angels say, we're here to destroy this city. It's almost as if they wait until the final moment. They've asked, is there any besides thee? They let Lot go outside and try to testify to these fellas. But when all of that erupts, they yank that man back inside and say, we are here to destroy this place. They're sent, the Bible says, to destroy Sodom. Now, bear with me just a moment. I, I need to, I need to, bring out this theological point that you need to understand that this is emphatically what's going to happen before the Lord comes back. Listen, this is emphatically what is going to happen before the Lord comes back. And you say, well, you know, and I've heard people say things about what's going to happen in the end time, but make no mistake about it. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells us that what happened in Sodom is going to happen when the Lord comes back. 
you ought to, before I get to the point, I, I hope that a thankfulness will grip you that there's parents that still love you, that there's a church that still loves you, that there's people that are still reaching for you. Matthew 13 tells of a great field that is about to be harvested. Come on. And Jesus said there's growing wheat there. And the owner, owner notices all the growing wheat and he says, oh, this is wonderful. And then he notices there's tares that have grown up in the wheat. And the owner wonders what he should do. He wonders who planted the tares and he wonders what should be done about it. And immediately he is told, he's commanded, don't do anything about it. Let the tares and the wheat grow. Well, I wish Brother Gene would throw them out of church. Well, you need to thank God I hadn't thrown you out of church. Well, it's not my place to throw you in or out. It's Jesus' place to do all that. But I will say this. There's tares and there's wheat. Well, I wish Brother Gene would straighten them out. Yeah, I wish he would too. Sometimes I tell myself, I'm gonna straighten that out. And then I hear the Lord command me. Uh, 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 uh. Let them grow. In the time of the harvest, the Bible says to that owner, the Lord says, when it's time for harvest, the reapers will first go into the field and gather the tares and burn them. Did you hear that? It first gathers tares. It does not gather first the wheat. I know in our head we say, oh, rapture's coming and the church leaves. But I want to tell you there is a judgment pronounced before the wheat is gathered. There is a point where the angel grabs the righteous and says, get back in here. The die is cast. The door is shut. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I wish I had a voice. I'd preach it. The Bible states it this way. Let him that is holy be holy still. Let the him that is sinful, he'll be sinful still. It's gonna happen. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay. Matthew 13, 39. Jesus said, oh, you wanna know what this story's about? I'll tell you. The enemy that sowed the tares, there it is, should be up there. The enemy that sowed the tares, you wanna know who that is? That's the devil. You want to know when the harvest is? That's the end of the world. It's coming. The tares are gathered first. Uh-oh. You want to know who the reapers are? Just like Sodom. They're the angels. Well, what are the angels going to do here? Well, the Lord's going to descend with a shout and we're going to rise to meet him in there. Yeah, but I want to tell you something. Before all that happens... There's reapers that are going to go into the world. They're here right now. I want to tell you, they're here right now. More is at stake in this service than just singing a few songs, patting a few folks on the back and going and eat fried chicken dinner. The angels are here today. I want them to see my hand lifted. I want them to see I'm in the house. I want them to know I'm desiring to be pleasing to God. That's Come on, somebody love the Lord right now and give him praise. Oh, come on right now, lift your praise to the Lord. Lift your voice. Maybe you want to cry out to God right now. 
lot. I don't know, some point in the night, these, these angels say, is there any besides here? The, the crew outside, they're blind, they're still pushing at the door, but somewhere in the night, that must have died down to some degree because Lot ventures back outside the door to go speak to his son-in-laws. And they think he's joking. They think he's making up, he's gone crazy. What torture to know the fire is coming and your family is laughing at you. What torture to know that judgment is coming and your family thinks you're joking. You know, it's not a joke. But thank God for, you say what you want about Lot, but thank God he was bold enough to look his son-in-laws in the eye and say, I got to tell you the truth. I mean, I think there's saints in this building that's not even doing that. They'll look their family in the eye and say, I've got to tell you the truth. I've got, I got, I got, got to tell you the way the cookie crumbles. We've been silent way too long. Well, hey, somebody say silence is golden. No, I'm going to tell you, silence is not only golden, it's yellow. Come on, I, silence is golden, preacher. I'm just going to not say, no, silence is yellow. Lot at least had enough of God in him to say, I can't let my son-in-laws die in this fire. Well, they, they'll laugh at They'll say, they'll teach, who cares? He pleaded with them. Come on, boys. It's time to leave. I got two angels in my house that are sent to destroy this city. When the sun rises tomorrow, this city's gonna be on fire. It's time to leave. And they laugh. What grief must have stricken Lot's heart? The old prophet said it. Who hath believed thy report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I thank God for every sermon that I felt like the preacher was preaching right at me. We're in a day where people don't want to feel that. I can't tell you how many people's walked up to me. It's almost like a badge of of honor. They go, oh, you were stepping on my toes today. Well, curl them up. I shouldn't be stepping on anybody's toes. Somebody ought to be saying, thank God for a preacher who will tell me the truth. We're not here playing games. This is not a club. Can't believe you said that. Well, get over it. I'm just about at the point where I'm going to look everybody in the eye and just say, the fire's coming. You better get ready. Of all times to say, well, I'm just too tired. I'm just, you know. That old man, he couldn't even walk down the church aisle anymore. Oh, Greg Godwin called him Chicago Mac. Mac McGregor. Remember him? Some of you weren't around there. Little old short Chicago fella. He loved the Cubs. No, I'm sorry. He loved the White Sox. He kind of liked the Cubs, but we turned him into a Cardinal fan. 
He married Velma McGregor, Mike's sister. Let's start pulling that chain. There's all kind of family here. So I got to be sure I don't offend them anyway. No, I'm teasing. I got it in his funeral notes. I was reading it the other day. The last time he was in church, it was in that little old sanctuary over there. He couldn't even walk down the aisle. But he told people, I want to go to church. I'm going to church. They say, oh, you can't go. No, I'm going to church. You can't walk. I don't care. They'll roll me in. I'm going. Thank God for saints that say, you know what? In the sunset years of my life, it's not time to sit in my lazy boy and watch TV all Sunday. Thank God for some old folks that'll say, I'm just as dedicated now as I was when I had the strength to get there. I mean, is this the place you only come when you feel like it? No, this is where my burdens are lifted. This is where I fellowship with God's people. Yeah, that's the point. He was sitting in that wheelchair. They rolled him in, tears flowing. We opened the service. We started singing. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my... My all in all, the great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. We start singing about Jesus and old Mike McGregor started struggling. He, he's pushing on those. Some of the men saw him and they rushed over to him. And What, what are you doing, Mike? You got to go to the bathroom? No, I don't have to go back. Stand me up. They stood that old man up and he lifted up his arms and began to weep and pray. Thank God for the testimony of faithful elders. Some of you don't know him, but, but Mac was more likely, if he saw you worshiping and you were kind of standing there doing this, he'd catch you after church and say, hey, you need to raise that other arm. He didn't think you were worshiping if you didn't have both hands in the air. Thank God for some old saints of God that believed that this was worth it. That there wasn't nothing more important than this. Well, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Bring them out of this place. I can't help it. You know, I... There are times you speak to your sons-in-laws and they think you're joking. I don't have any sons-in-laws yet. I want them to know I ain't joking, though. <laughs> but you know what? You can't change that. Lot went out, spoke to his sons-in-laws, they laughed and basically the connotation is they just, oh, dad's gone mad. He's, he's, lost, he's off his rocker. You know what? I can't help what they do with it. I, but I got to tell them the truth. Jesus is coming back. And you must be born again of the water and the spirit. Finally, the night passes. And at quickly approaching dawn, the prominent idea is Urgency. When you read Genesis 19, Lot and his family are commanded to hurry, hurry, quickly flee. These are words that keep, re, are, keep being repeated. Hurry. It's time to get out. 
The contest of wills dominates the passage. There are verbal forms expressing desire and will occurring eight times in this chapter. The tone of the passage can be captured in the words of Lot. After all that he's experienced, he says to these angels, no, my lords, please. There's a battle of what heaven is saying and what Lot is saying. Don't do it. And the angel says, you gotta get out. You gotta leave. It's time to leave this place. I don't want anything holding me back. The angels exhort Lot to flee, but he's uncooperative. His roots are so deep that his feet are sluggish. He hesitates. Then they force him. They know judgment is coming, and they force him to move. And even forced to move, he stops abruptly in the journey and asks to be diverted to another city. This is too much of a sacrifice. I don't want to flee to the mountain. Let me turn and go over here. And the answer six times in one chapter. Flee, run, flee, run. Don't look back. Don't stop. Are we too earthly minded? We are no, we are of no heavenly good today. I know you say, well, Brother Gene, you got that backwards. No, I didn't. Are we so worldly minded that we're of no heavenly good today? That the angel says, come on, it's it's getting late. Don't, Don't get distracted. It's time to leave. It's time to pack your bags. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Just feel the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to do what the Lord wants me to do today. If that's all right, He's going to pay me good when all this is over. Come on, let's lift our hands and love Jesus. Why don't you talk to the Lord right now? In the name of Jesus. And so while they're being told to hurry and leave, the Bible tells us it is only God's mercy. It's only God's mercy that grabs Lot. Those angels, the Bible says it. One angel grabs Lot and his wife and the other other angel grabs the hands of two daughters and they force them. You know, I've gotten that close sometimes to coming back down the aisle and grabbing somebody and pulling them to the altar. You know, the amazing thing about walking with God is the knowledge that the Lord shares with us in His Word. But this house is full of people that know the Word. You know, the biggest challenge I face now in 28 years of pastoring is not people that don't know better. It's people that don't translate it into their everyday life. Oh, they know what the Bible says, but that's not, they don't see it in their own life. And when you point blank say, well, wait a minute, this is it. And they go, oh, oh. They have no ability to see. They got knowledge of truth, but there's no application. It's called wisdom. And the Lord says the only way you get it is to ask God for it. So, Lord, don't let me just read scriptures and think, well, that's good to know. I want to study that. Studying knowledge is good, but knowledge will cease. 
I want wisdom in my life. Somebody say amen. A couple of points as I close. Sodom was not destroyed until the cup of iniquity, the Bible says, was full. A virtuous man on a Sodom street became an object of public attack. Listen, folks, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing that you're moral that you believe in in morality, that you believe in sexual purity, that you believe in marriage, that you stand up for the family, that you believe a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Hey, listen, we're in the day where a virtuous man on the street of any city is the object of attack. We are in that hour and the cup is getting full. There's no conviction anymore. Just self-centered people wanting to do what they want to do. Shame is a forgotten emotion. We are in that hour. Surely the Lord is coming back. And just before the destruction of that great city, there was a time of peace and prosperity. Jesus mentions a similar pattern before he returns. Materialism is the greatest deterrent to war in this day. You know why war is always pushed back? Because we're all self-centered. And I'm not saying we all just be bloodthirsty and go to war, but you know what? War destroys stuff. And materialism is the greatest deterrent to war. We're pretty self-centered people. We won't go to war in the spirit because it's difficult. Stuff gets tough. And not only that, I, I hasten to a close. But the Bible tells us that final judgment waited on Lot and his family to escape from Sodom. The scripture's plain about this. The righteous must make their escape. The door is shut. The die is cast. Those that are lost are lost still. The saved are gathered. The rain didn't begin to fall till Noah and his family were shut in the ark. Don't forget that the door shut seven days before the rain started. The die was cast before the judgment ever fell. It's happening right now. I want the angels to know I mean business today. They're here. The reapers are here. The reapers are in this room right now. The fire didn't fall on Sodom until Lot made his escape. And I want to tell you, could it be that judgment is waiting for my family also? (laughs) Could it be that God's waiting for your children? I thank God for every moment the church is here. I thank God that there's a service going on this morning. I'm privileged to be here. Why are we still here? Well, maybe judgment's waiting on my family also. And and the Lord just wanted somebody to hear again today. It's time to get out of this place. It's time to break your, 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 your connections with this world. It's time to flee to the mountains. Get your family and bring them out of this place. In fact, in fact, as I close, it's Abraham that prayed Lot out of Sodom. That righteous man that loved God held nothing back, committed to God. It was Abraham that prayed Lot out of Sodom.
For it said that when those angels were sent to destroy Sodom, that God remembered Abraham. Come on, mom and dad, don't quit praying. Please don't be embarrassed about holiness, about separation. Come on, they're going to say it's old-fashioned. That's fine. But please don't silence your voice. Judgment is waiting on your family. Are there any besides? There's a reward for being that kind of intercessor. The Bible says, God said, I remember Abraham. I'm going to get Lot out of Sodom because of a praying uncle. A lot of people would never make it without somebody praying. Those who are strong in the Lord, listen folks, it's not time to, to, to circle the wagons, pull up our blankets and say, it's been a nice run. No, it's not time to say the church is big enough. No, it's not time to cast it a lots on your children and say, well, I just guess they're gonna be lost. No, somebody needs to rise up and say, I'm gonna fight the battle. I'm gonna keep on praying. I'm gonna keep on, I'm not gonna let my children be lost. I'm not gonna let my family be lost not a lot of people would never make it if somebody hadn't prayed I wouldn't be here today if somebody hadn't prayed and those of you who are strong in the Lord you need to fight the battle of the weak Let me see the mark of prayer and concern for the testimony of God on each of you. Let me see the fear of God get a hold of you. Come on, I've seen a lot of things get a hold of you. But let your pastor see prayer grip you so deeply that you say, Pastor, I can't help what they're doing, but I'm gonna gonna bombard heaven until my kids can't sleep and they can't. Yeah, I think you ought to be that concerned. Yeah. I think you ought to be that concerned. Pastor, I'm not I'm gonna pray and fast until the Lord gets a hold of my family. Judgment is waiting for an intercessor. So I preached all this time to get to this point. You want to know what your pastor's greatest fear is? I'm gonna tell all of you at one time. I don't need to go have breakfast with all of you and tell you individually. I'm gonna tell you all together right now. What your pastor's greatest fear is. It's not worldliness. It's not people, you know, well, Brother Gene, so-and-so's coming to church and they're still doing this. That doesn't scare me. I was sitting last night, heard the testimony of an individual that God began to work on. I want to tell you what, God, God knows how to move on people. God knows how to disconnect people from this world and their old habits, yeah? Hey, hey, get them in the presence of God. God can do all that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of people walking in here with tattoos and big old wedges in their ears and purple hair. I'm not scared of any of that. I mean, I mean once a year we have Nick Mahaney stand up here. We should show you pictures of him before he got saved. No, I'm not scared of any of that. In fact, we ought to show pictures of some of you before you got saved. You didn't look like this when you came to Jesus. No, no, I'm not scared of any of that. The Lord knows how to take care of all that. But I tell you what my greatest fear is. It's apathy of the redeemed. 
people that I know are saved and they're so comfortable and apathetic you can't get them to move I mean a, a man can walk in this church he's never I don't think he's ever preached here before he came here last Sunday and he's teaching with his wife anybody remember last Sunday I wasn't even here but they told me about it brother Sue he's up here teaching all of a sudden the Holy Ghost hits him and he starts prophesying about what's about to happen in this community who doesn't want revival who doesn't want denominational people experiencing the power of God who doesn't want that and he says hey if you want that and you believe that come on step out are you kidding me that there were people that were full of the Holy Ghost saved prayers who can't even get out of their chair and walk up here and say I want that are you telling me you are that apathetic See, that scares me more than anything. More than anything that you were unmoved. That, that dinner's more important. That you're buying and selling and marrying and eating. Yeah, that scares me more than anything. Is you just gotten comfortable coming to church living inside them brother gene i go to work with them they're just you know we just don't understand them and and i just i just don't want to say say anything and yeah yeah come on lot you vexed your soul that's what the lord says you have vexed your soul with the unrighteousness of sodom and Gomorrah. There's something to be said for somebody that says, you know what? I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm, not, I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. I don't want to walk around five feet off the ground better than anybody else. I want to be real just like everybody else. My daughters can tell you, I put my pants on just like...